Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Here's the headline of a newspaper article. Doctor warns couples against sharing a bed, saying you should always sleep alone. Now, that will come as a bit of a shock to many couples who enjoy sharing a bed. Well, um, a sleep expert, uh, Dr. Karen Rajan, has advised couples to forego sleeping in the same bed if they want to get a proper night's sleep and warned of the damaging effect that sharing a bed can have on long-term health. But is this the done thing? Have you got a novel sleeping arrangement with your partner? You can text us on 53106. You can call us on 1800 453 106. And uh, to discuss all things sleep, I'm delighted to be joined by our resident uh, sleep expert, uh, Tom Coleman. Tom, good afternoon and welcome to Lunchtime Live. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. So, Tom, is sleeping in separate bedrooms something that you would advise? I suppose it does depend on the situation. I'm not sure the doctor was, I suppose, referring to the damage being done directly by the partner to, to your health. It's, it's probably the consequence of, of disrupted sleep. That's the first thing to say. I mean, in, as, in, as in, other, in other words, if you're sharing a bed, you are more likely to have disrupted sleep. Well, there is conflicting evidence on this. Um, there's, a, there's a team in, uni- in the University of Arizona who this year just published some research sort of saying the opposite, that it actually improves um, levels of anxiety, stress, lower depression. It improves relationship status. Um, so, you know, there is a bit of conflict. And I, my feeling on it is that it, it is personal. If your partner is... Uh, snoring or if your partner maybe takes over the bed or then it will disrupt uh, your sleep and then it will have an impact so i would say it is it is uh, dependent on the type of behavior or snoring that's another hugely common one i get um you know partners just desperate for help the person snoring doesn't have any issue maybe but if you're lying beside them it's, it's it a, can it's be a major emotion. issue. Yeah. Um, uh, but then you also have things like uh, sheets and one person in the bed dominating the sheets, pulling the sheets off you, all of that sort of thing. The more I think about it, the more <laughs> I think how unnatural it is, actually, for two human beings to sleep in the same place. <laughs> well... 30 to 40% of Irish couples sleep apart in, in, in separate beds. Really? Yes, that, that, that much. Now, we mustn't forget, you know, there are various reasons for that. Maybe they're, they're, they're uh, shift workers or, you know, snorers or, or, or things like that. But again, you know, th- there's so many things that can impact our sleep from, like you said, you know, temperature, uh, our beds. I mean, that's the first thing I would say to people, you know, invest in a good bed, invest in a large bed, invest in a bed that will help dissipate heat buildup and things like that. Okay, uh, so if I um, am asking for advice, um, I I read that article uh, from Dr. Karen Rajan, who has advised couples to forego sleeping in the same bed. If you're dealing directly with a couple, maybe one of them or maybe both of them aren't sleeping particularly well. Are you going to advise them to try and sleep apart? I have advised couples to, to sleep apart in the past, um, where one partner may be snoring. And I, and I had a lady 
uh, tell me that she did <laughs> she did ask her husband to leave the bedroom <laughs> eventually he got back in and uh, he didn't snore for for two or three months after and it, it kind of started <laughs> again <laughs> so subconsciously so again it would be very so, dependent on, on the on the situation so if you're if you're sleeping with a snorer give that person their marching orders and they'll improve well, get, get a bedroom divorce before you get a real one, you know. <laughs> OK, now elsewhere in uh, the world of sleep, a, a major new study from the University of Cambridge and Shanghai's Fudan University has revealed the sweet spot for sleep apparently isn't eight hours. I always thought it was. Um, it is personal. I think, you know, it, it will depend on, on the person. I mean, generally, it's, it's very hard to nail down to say exactly this because some people are quite all right on six hours. Uh, generally, the recommendations are between uh, about seven, seven to eight hours. Um, so I, th- I think the study said that seven hours was the kind of sweet, sweet spot. In anything in life, we, we, we need balance. So, so too much is not a good thing or too little. Oh, have we lost you? Can you hear me? Oh, but there, you are. there you are. There, okay. Yeah. Okay, so some people prefer nine hours. Other people uh, can survive on, on five hours. But it, what this report is, is suggesting is that seven hours is the average rather than necessarily eight. Yeah, yeah, I've 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 read the piece of work, and that's I think it was for over forties the sweet spot. See, I suppose our requirement for sleep varies through the lifespan as well. Our sleep naturally gets lighter as we age. We tend to encounter more wake episodes as we age as well. Um, but as I say, it is personal to to a large degree. Okay, so um, seven hours of of sleep. What are the the signs that you're not getting enough sleep. I know for me personally, I get terrible uh, brain fog if I haven't uh, slept well enough. I have this kind of dizzy brain foggy feeling, which is very uncomfortable. Um, and sometimes it can be you can have it for days on end because you just can't get that sleep. Absolutely. I mean, our brain cleans itself at night while we sleep. And that happens primarily in the second half of the night. So if we're missing out on um, good quality and quantity of sleep, we're going to be missing out on that sort of psychological um, repair and reset that happens. And that's kind of one of the major reasons why we get kind of brain fog. And that would be a symptom of maybe not getting enough sleep. I suppose daytime sleepiness um, would be another symptom. If we're waking up feeling exhausted, feeling tired, maybe some people get headaches also can manifest in many ways but i mean you know if we're if we're finding ourselves wanting to fall asleep during the day or really struggling with energy i mean we really need to to, to look at that and, and prioritize and what would you recommend because uh, you're speaking to somebody who does have those symptoms that i described relatively frequently what can i do about it Go, the simple answer is go to bed earlier. <laughs> it's not the advice that people I find, want. I find if I do go to bed earlier, I'm awake earlier. For example, this morning well, I, I woke up at five o'clock and never got back to sleep. The, 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 we will wake up naturally at certain times. We need to retrain our brain on falling asleep times and um, anchoring our sleep rhythm. Now, there is a natural tendency that you will wake up at the same time, but as your sleep has gotten lighter through the night and through the sleep cycles naturally, then, you know, it is 
normal to some degree to wake up, but you should be able to to fall back asleep again and get that extra sleep cycle, that extra 90 minute sleep cycle that will really help with that brain fog and and, and clearing up that psych- psychological um, debris maybe from, from the day before. Uh, well, that's what I'm missing today. Um, in fact, I, I just got a message from Carla and I'm wondering, is this part of my problem as well? Um, I can't sleep in the warm weather. It's my summer dread. What are your top tips, asked Carla? Oh, you know, I mean, uh, temperature is the mediator in sleep. So it actually impacts things like melatonin. Our core body temperature drops by about two degrees. So we need to really cool down in order to, to sleep and to maintain sleep. So um, I would um, certainly try and control the temperature as much as possible. In terms of onset sleep, or the getting to sleep, a warm shower has a rebound cooling effect in the body, right? So having a warm shower will actually help you get to sleep. And then in terms of maintaining sleep, I suppose, you know, um, there there are mattresses there that help dissipate heat, keep the bed sheets light and fresh, um, have a face cloth, a damp face cloth by the bed if you do wake up. We have very uh, specific areas in our body that, that uh, are in charge of heat exchange. So the palms, the hands and the face. So that will cool your body down rapidly uh, and really help you get back to sleep and throw the sheets off if you do wake up but try and keep the room well ventilated i mean it is difficult uh, in the summer but it, um, as we know with irish summers it won't last long no indeed it won't my my problem is i leave the windows open some nights and then it's the noise of the cars in the morning that wakes me up and it's a vicious cycle <laughs> i'd have to i'd have to pop around to you tom and uh, try and get this all sorted out but look it's been a pleasure as always uh, to talk to you on uh, lunchtime live this afternoon uh, and finally, just to, just to wrap up, um, I, I read the headline from that uh, newspaper article, Doctor Warns Couples Against Sharing a Bed, saying you should always sleep alone. That's not the advice you're giving. Well, it's, I suppose, what do you value more? Is it the sleep or is it the, the intimacy and the bond with your partner? And that's, that's a personal decision <laughs> I won't become involved in. All right, very good. Thanks very much indeed uh, for joining us on Lunchtime Live. That is our sleep expert. Lunchtime uh, Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.